You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, to get this show every day, I need you to subscribe to Locked On Mets on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, don't forget when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcasts Locked On Mets. All right, I hope you all had a great Memorial Day, which was also why we did not have a show on Monday which leaves us with a lot of baseball to cover on this podcast. In the first half of the show, going to get into the Mets weekend series with the Detroit Tigers, which they won two games to one. Then later on in the second half of the show, going to talk about Monday night's game against the Los Angeles Dodgers and what is in store for the Mets in this upcoming week. But first, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, check me out on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsmerizedOnline.com. Now, today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. All right, so an eventful series this weekend between the Mets and the Detroit Tigers. Going to talk about that right now. But first, just to kind of refresh your mind on where the Mets were coming into that series. The Mets had suffered, not this past weekend, the weekend before, with an embarrassing sweep to the Miami Marlins. They then returned home to face the Washington Nationals in a four-game set. Ended up sweeping the Nationals. And then they played the Detroit Tigers. So on Friday night, Noah Syndergaard was on the mound for the Mets. And he had been great in his past two starts coming into Friday night's outing. Friday night, though, as Syndergaard has failed to do all year, he showed a lack of consistency and got rocked. Allowed six runs on ten hits, two home runs. He did strike out nine batters, but just an altogether horrible start. The Mets were hitting great, though, in that game. Ahmed Rosario hit a home run. Danny Echeverria hit a three-run homer. Pete Alonso hit a home run. And all three of those home runs took place before the sixth inning. And after Syndergaard failed to hold leads and the Mets were down 6-5 to five going into the bottom of the sixth inning, Aaron Altair hit a home run to tie the game up. So with everything tied at six, the Mets went deeper into their bullpen, and Drew Gagne was bad really for his first time, you can considerably say all year, after really pitching great out of the pen. He allowed three runs and picked up a loss. Wilson Ramos did hit a home run for the Mets in the eighth inning of that game, but they ultimately lost 9-8. to Now, after losing on Friday, the Mets got back on track on Saturday as Jason Vargas was really good in his first start back coming off the I.L. He allowed one run across five innings pitched, and on offense, the Mets got probably, not probably, definitely, the best game Wilson Ramos has played in a Mets uniform. He was simply amazing, hit a home run in the second inning, got an RBI hit in the fourth inning, 
before hitting a two-run homer in the fifth inning as he accounted for all four of the Mets' first four runs. And really for Ramos, this has been a growing process as he has been getting really hot throughout the month of May. Since May 10th, Ramos is hitting 381 with 13 RBIs, 12 runs scored, and 4 home runs. So he's becoming a really big piece in the middle of that lineup. What the Mets were expecting when they signed into that pretty big contract in the offseason. Now unfortunately for Ramos, those 4 runs did not hold up as the Mets bullpen did not hold the lead. The game ended up going into extra innings. But the Mets' catching position continued to produce runs as Tomas Nito hit a walk-off home run. Really a great moment for Nito as he continues to become more and more part of this team. It definitely seems like, you know, barring injury, the Mets' catching situation is pretty much set with what they have right now. And Wilson Ramos being your starting catcher and Tomas Nito being the backup. And you have to give credit to Nito. While he has not been... You know, a huge addition with his bat. He's done enough so far. He's gotten some big hits. He's gotten a huge walk-off home run Saturday. That's what you need out of your backup catcher. Nito is going to give you good defense. If he can just give you enough moments offensively that he's not always a net negative when you put him in the lineup, that's all you can ask for Nito, and the Mets are really starting to get some good play out of that catcher position. Finally, Sunday's game, Zach Wheeler was on the mound for the Mets, and he once again suffered from the same thing he's been suffering from all year, which is the isolated bad inning. Now, he allowed a solo home run in the first inning, but then in the third, he allowed two runs on three hits. Now, the Mets were able to get a lead as they scored four runs in the fourth inning, which is capped off by another three-run home run from Danny Echeverria, who has been unbelievable filling in for Robinson Cano over the weekend and leading into this week. So Echeverria had been really big for the Mets. And those runs held up. You know, Zach Wheeler almost got them through eight. They had to pull him after he allowed a base hit and walked a batter. But the Mets turned in that eighth inning to Jerry's Familia. And Familia, to his credit, for the first time really all year that I can think back of, he was excellent. He was sharp. He got two huge strikeouts at the end of the inning. Edwin Diaz closed the game for the Mets in the ninth. They took the series over the Tigers. And just a great homestand for the Mets after such a bad road trip previously. The Mets won six out of seven games in that homestand. And they weren't playing great competition. You do have to admit that. The Nationals have been horrible this year. The Tigers are not a good team. But still, you have to go out and win the games. You know, the Marlins aren't a good team either, and the Mets lost three to them, you know, just a week ago. So you got to win those games. The real test now comes to this road trip that the Mets are playing right now. They got four games against the Los Angeles Dodgers, and we saw in a Monday night's game the Dodgers may just be the best team in the National League. They're playing great baseball. So if the Mets can win a couple games against the Dodgers, You'll be pretty impressed. I think in that game today on Monday, they were competitive, which is something that I guess you can kind of take some solace in. But the Dodgers are a really good team. So this is a good measuring stick type of a series for the Mets to see how good they are. And then they're going to go ahead and play the Arizona Diamondbacks on the road as well. The Diamondbacks are a good baseball team. So 
That's seven games on the road for the Mets to prove that they, they're not just beating up on bad teams. So we'll see what this team looks like after this week. Anyway, when we get back again, going to talk about Monday night's game as the Mets ended up losing to the Los Angeles Dodgers. But before we go into the break, I want to tell you guys a little bit more about Himalaya, which is the best place to listen to your podcast. It's super easy to use. They have every single podcast you love and are searching for with personally curated playlists made just for you by their expert team of podcast taste makers. They have themed collection of shows to help you with podcast discovery, and you can find everything from comedy to mystery to thrillers and, of course, sports podcasts like Locked On Mets. So find and download Himalaya on your app store or Google Play Store, and don't forget to follow Locked On Mets once there. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable alternative to Viagra and Cialis with the same FDA-approved active ingredients, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no more in-person doctor's visits, no more waiting in line at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code MLB. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueBluechew.com, promo code MLB to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for supporting this podcast. All right, you are back listening to Locked On Mets, and it is time to talk about Monday night's game between the Mets and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, the Mets got things going early on in the game as Ahmed Rosario led things off with a double. Now, Michael Conforto would then draw a walk before Pete Alonso got a base hit that scored Rosario. Todd Frazier came up and then he got a hit as well, but Michael Conforto was gunned out at the plate by an amazing throw from Cody Bellinger. And really, when you look at this game, Bellinger's impact was just immense. I mean, what he was able to do on both sides of the ball. For one thing, this is a guy who has played a lot of first base early on in his career, and I'm telling you, he needs to be playing right field every day because he has an absolute cannon of an arm. And he is athletic. He, he can make all the catches. He's really a plus defender out there. And you couple that with what he's doing at the plate. What we saw tonight really was an, a performance from an MVP. That was a most valuable player type performance, the way he impacted the game on both sides of the ball. Now, for the Mets, Jacob DeGrom was starting. And once again, he did not look sharp, but he had one of those patented Jacob DeGrom starts where he works around traffic and somehow you know, makes it through with limited damage. And that all started in the first inning where he allowed three hits before recording an out. Now he ultimately worked around that bases loaded no out situation allowing just one run. 
but that run tied the game. And then when Cody Bellinger hit a home run in the third inning, the Dodgers had a 2-1 lead. All told, DeGrom made it through five innings, allowed just the two runs, off seven hits altogether, only had two strikeouts. And again, you got to give DeGrom credit for fighting through and giving the Mets a chance to win. He kept them in the game. He left the game with a lead. So you got to give him that credit for sure. The one thing I'll say is things aren't coming easily for Jake, and it's clearly getting to him a little bit. You can just tell by his language on the mound. There was one inning, I think it was the fifth, where he allowed a base hit to lead things off and just just screamed into his glove. And that's not the type of body language you usually see from Jake. He was always calm, cool, and collected. We saw him in his last start previous to this one, really jawing at an umpire after he had tightened up the strike zone on Jake as his start went on. So overall, DeGrom's having a really weird year where he's been up and down. Altogether, his numbers are pretty decent, but not the Cy Young type performance the Mets were expecting. And I think that the pressure of that, the pressure of coming off of that season, the pressure of the contract, maybe all that is weighing on him, or maybe it's just a guy who really cares about the results and knows he's not getting them right now. But Ultimately, I think Jacob deGrom will be okay. He is going through a little bit of a rough patch. But, again, tonight, made his way through it and left the game with the lead. So you can't really knock him for that. Now, the way the Mets got that lead that he left with was when they scored two runs in the fifth inning off of a two-run homer from J.D. Davis. But, that inning could have produced another run as Tomas Nito had started the inning off with a base hit and then almost scored on a double from Ahmed Rosario, but Nito was thrown out at the plate for the second huge outfield assist for the Dodgers. Now with a 3-2 lead, the Mets turned the game over to their bullpen in the sixth inning, and they just could not hold that short lead against a really good Dodgers team. Tyler Basher was the first man up. He got one out before giving up a home run to Chris Taylor, giving up a base hit to Russell Martin, giving up another base hit to David Fries before getting pulled from the game in favor of Daniel Zamora. Zamora came in and just gave up a three-run homer to Enrique Hernandez. Mickey Calloway has been really trying to use Zamora as that specialty lefty reliever out of the bullpen, and he was great early on in the year, but he has really struggled as of late, dating back to May 16th when he gave up his first run of the season. Zamora has been asked to get outs, and he's given up hits You know, each of his last four outings, not doing his job as a specialty lefty reliever, not getting the big outs the Mets needed. It really blew up on him tonight as he came in with a 1-5-9 ERA, but allowed three runs, ballooning that ERA to six, especially as he only recorded one out tonight. So, altogether, you know, he he has not been pitching well. And really, once the Mets get Justin Wilson off the IL, Zamora is clearly the guy that would go down in favor of that other lefty reliever. I don't think Zamora is pitching up to the caliber the Mets expect of him. We'll see if he can kind of correct that as the season goes on. But right now, it is not looking good for Daniel Zamora. Zamora was not the last reliever to pitch in the sixth inning, though, as they pulled him in favor of of Wilmer Font. Font gave up a hit, but he was able to get out of it 
for the Mets as they left the sixth inning down 8-3. Now the Mets were able to score two more runs in the eighth inning and they had a chance in that eighth to really get back in the game. Todd Frazier got a base hit and then a Danny Echeverria drove him in with a two-run homer. Again, some great offense coming from Echeverria as he fills in from Robinson Cano. But from there, the Mets got a pinch hit single from Dominic Smith. After Tomas Nito got out, Carlos Gomez got on first base. They called it a sacrifice bunt and an error. But really, it should have been a bunt base hit for Gomez as he pushed a bunt into no man's land. And the Dodgers didn't really play great. No one was covering second base. But still, that allowed two men to be on base. And then Ahmed Rosario got a base hit to load the bases. So the Mets had something really cooking there in the eighth inning. J.D. Davis came up and he hit what looked like a clear sack fly to cut the lead to 8-6. to six. The problem is Cody Bellinger caught the ball in right field and made one of the best plays you'll see out of a right fielder. Caught the ball in one motion, threw it to third base, and threw an absolute seed for a strike that got Carlos Gomez out. The throw not only beat Gomez to third base, but it also beat Nito trying to score, and the Mets did not even get a run out of it. So, again, MVP caliber performance from Bellinger on both sides of the ball. Those are the type of moments that propels a team, and it's the reason the Dodgers are so far ahead in the standings right now because they have Bellinger playing at such an elite level along with the rest of of a very talented roster. And ultimately, the Mets just could not come back into the game and win it. But you have to give them credit for fighting. They got 15 hits in the game. Their lineup is producing. It was a bad outing by their bullpen. But again, you tip your hat to a good team. The Dodgers are a really good team for a reason. And they're going to be tough to beat. And I think... When you're playing the Dodgers, right, I think this really illustrates to you how far apart the Mets are from that that upper echelon. Can they compete? Absolutely. Can they make the playoffs? Sure. Have the Mets played their best baseball yet? They definitely haven't. But when you watch them and you look what their roster is, and you compare it to a complete team like the Dodgers, a team that's made it to the last two World Series, I don't even think it's close, honestly. I really don't. The disparity in talent, top to bottom, in the, in the organizations and everything with the Dodgers and the Mets, it, it's it's night and day. The Mets have a lot of ground to make up in the talent department. They just do. Now, what the Mets do have going for them is the fact that the MLB playoffs are, are really random. And if the Mets pitching staff gets hot at the end of the year and the Mets make their way into the playoffs, they can roll through anybody. But which team is better right now and which team is going to be better when they come in if they, if they do meet in October, the Dodgers are a much better baseball team. Now, for the rest of the series, it's going to be Steven Matz going against Rich Hill Tuesday night. On Wednesday, it will be Noah Syndergaard versus Walker Bueller, And then on Thursday, it will be Jason Vargas versus Hinjin Ryu. Dodgers starting staff has been excellent this year, so the Mets are going to have to deal with that. The bullpen for the Dodgers has not been great. The Mets were able to get some runs off of that bullpen tonight, and they're probably going to have to do that the rest of this series if they want to come away with a couple wins. But we will talk about all of that and more throughout the week. That is it for today's edition of Locked On Mets. 
Thank you for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on the new Himalaya Podcast app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, don't forget when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Podcast Locked on Mets.